piece of junk. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Welcome to the Cultural Wasteland. I'm Aaron Dawson. And uh, joining me for this commentary from Man of Steel is Aiden McCauley. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going all right. Uh, so Batman vs. Superman is coming out uh, on Friday or on Thursday night in some places. And so we thought we'd do a commentary for Man of Steel uh, in um, in preparation for that. Um, so we have it paused here at uh, at zero, zero seconds into the movie, and we're going to hit play pretty soon so you can get synced up with us and we'll uh, watch Man of Steel. So are you ready to go? Uh, should we give some sort of uh, impression of what our thoughts on Man of Steel were, what our kind of... Uh in, like what our experience with the movie is like for me this is my first time watching it straight through since 2013 so okay uh this is probably like my third time watching the movie straight through so um but i feel like we'll give our impressions and stuff as the movie goes on okay yeah so we're gonna hit play now in three two one play and okay now the the symbol for Warner Brothers is uh on screen and so it should help you sync up with us so um this uh movie is uh, directed by Zack Snyder um and you can already tell because <laughs> everything <laughs> is metallic everything is metallic and just it looks like you could cut yourself on every single title card yeah uh, what's your opinion of Zack Snyder as a filmmaker? Uh, I think I've said before that he's uh, he would be a fantastic like DOP or art director. Like, yeah, he's the kind of guy who like really relies pretty heavily on having a good script and competent actors. And uh, speaking of screenplay, this was written by him and Jonathan Nolan. I think Jonathan Nolan and also uh, and David, David Goyer. Goyer. Did yeah. Zack Snyder write? Any of the script is he credited? Do you know? I do not know. I can't recall at the moment. Actually, I don't remember any of this. I don't know. Oh, this is all on Krypton. Oh yeah, they're like giving birth to uh, Kal El. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember um, first year of film school? Uh, our cinematography teacher Earl uh, <laughs> was actually working on. Um, on Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. He was talking about being on the Kryptonian set and how it was built to look like a giant vagina. <laughs> I uh, I do not remember that. I remember that it was called Autumn Frost. And uh, yeah. for a long time, he was just saying, like, you know, I think he, he paused uh, class at one point to say, oh, wait, I got a text. And then he, like, checked his, te uh, checked his text and he was like, oh, sweet, I got another day on Autumn Frost. <laughs> we were like, what is that? He was like... Uh, it's a secret. I'm not. Uh, I'm not allowed to tell you that it's Man of Steel. <laughs> okay. So this is like the first time we've ever actually seen, other than maybe the Superman animated series. This is the first time we've really seen Krypton as like a developed society. Because in like the old uh, Richard Donner ones, it was always just like a big room full of crystals and everyone was wearing shiny robes. 
Yeah, this is uh, definitely a lot more detail on uh, Krypton. It's interesting. I, I wonder, like, uh, how far ahead they were thinking with something like this, because this, like, a Krypton uh, homeworld location, like, uh, seems like a great opportunity for lots of world building and sort of uh, hints at uh, future, like, enemies and stuff. Yeah, well, they're doing the Krypton show, right? I'm not sure if that's uh, like in continuity, though. No, no, they're. N- I don't. I don't think they are. That's the DC. DC likes to keep their their stuff separate. Now, this guy, not. Oh, I mean, not this guy. That that's that's Jor El, and then this is Zod coming in here now. But there's a guy who's on the council in the background, and that actor, I feel like, is like a a Canadian, uh, like character actor has been in like a whole bunch of like canadian this guy right here uh he played i think he played bucky haig in like hardcore logo and stuff like that and was just in the witch which would make sense because they shot this all in vancouver yeah i guess i'm uh i'm not really familiar with that actor i'm familiar as fuck with michael shannon i think that's him i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure though i don't recognize him without hair I'm pretty sure I laughed out loud in theaters as soon as I saw Michael Shannon's face come out of the smoke in the scene. I just he's he's so intense. He just makes me laugh all the time. Like it's like I just <laughs> the, the, the eyebrows, right? Like the Well, he's just so serious and he's yeah. just like giving it 110% all the time. <laughs> uh, uh volume go up a little bit actually. Okay. We should be good. How do you think about that? Yeah, that's good. They're talking about uh Oh, oh they're talking about how he just uh they had the first natural birth on Krypton. This whole section was awful in three D in theaters. Yeah, I, I can see that. I couldn't see anything when it was <laughs> it was just playing in 3D. I remember my friends asking me like, "So, do we need to see it in 2D or 3D?" And I was like, "And I was like, oh, 2D." And they said, uh, "We already bought the tickets and it's in 3D." And I was oh. like, "Okay." <laughs> I do like the way that the the guns look, like the the plasma laser guns that kind of like the bolts like disperse a little bit. Uh Yeah. I don't know. What do you uh, I I kind of I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, this whole uh, this whole section kind of feels like I don't know, kind of a write off to me. Like, like they could have designed Krypton to be like w- no matter like anything. Yeah, because uh, the planet's about to be spoilers uh, blown the fuck up. Yeah, and uh, like this thing, I don't really care. Like this thing could have looked like anything, and it wouldn't have mattered much because uh, like the planet's gonna blow up, and we're not gonna come back here. So. Sure. There, there's not there's not like any sort of franchise commitment to this scene. It's not like in. Uh, no, it does feel like they did spend a little too much time here. Like I did, I don't know what the point really of having this whole. I guess it's just like to give Zod something to do later, like the whole like the Codex thing that he's gonna go. Yeah, and it's, steal. It's weird because this kind of stuff, like with this uh, flying thing that he's on, kind of feels like a. Like they want you to remember this thing because it's gonna help uh Superman later. Like it's like uh do you remember the animated Hercules? Yes. Where they like establish Pegasus as his uh you know, friendly horse thing while yeah, he's sh- in the crib. Yeah, sure. And then later he uh 
like meets Pegasus again as a teenager and is like, oh shit, Pegasus. That's what this kind of like. A lot of this feels like. Remember this. Make sure you remember this. But like, uh, like in a scenario where I need to remember like the codec and the natural birth stuff, I feel like that all could have been one way less expensive scene. This all feel like a bit of a Matrix ripoff. Like him swimming through the chamber and there's like a thing that just comes up and like takes a baby in a pod and floats away. Yeah. You know that scene in in the, uh, I think it's the first Matrix where they're just, uh, when Neo wakes up and there's like the, the machines just like eating humans. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's one thing that I heard a lot when this movie was out was, uh, the criticism of just like, like it feels like a collection of scenes and influences from other movies. But, uh, like I, like when he's, flying on that thing earlier i've heard people say like you know avatar yeah this this really feels like well this feels like jupiter ascending before jupiter ascending but (laughs) but yeah like i don't really i don't care about any of this i'm basically just waiting for superman no i mean what you yeah what you just need to establish in this opening scene is that uh you know jor-el uh, is a scient and his wife are scientists. They want to save their race, uh, and uh, um, they want to uh, like, the- like save their son. Right? They want to they want to further their race and give their son a chance to survive. So they're going to send him uh, out uh, to the closest habitable planet for them. Yeah, and then like you just give some like. I don't know. All, I feel like the minimalist approach to this kind of this part of the story uh, would have been better. Un- yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, I always quote, "Yeah, this thing. This is the thing." I think that he was talking about. Um, but I always quote the, uh, like, uh, "All Star Superman" by Grant Morrison is the best Superman book ever written, and it uh, it does the Superman origin story in eight words. Is one page, four panels, eight words. What is it? Um, uh, doomed planet, uh, desperate scientists, and then two other wor- four other words that I can't remember. Um, <laughs> like last hope or something. Yeah, some uh, is something child, and then Prison. like um, loving strangers or something like that in re- in reference to the Ken. So basically, like introduce like. Okay, planet's gonna explode. You got these scientists that are desperate to save their planet. You, this is the kid. These are his adoptive parents. All right, move on. We yeah. all know what the deal with Superman is. We don't need to spend twenty minutes going over it. Yeah, and so uh, that's kind of what I mean with like the world building stuff. Like it feels like if we're spending this much time on Krypton, it must be because we're supposed to remember a lot of it. But I feel like a lot, like the only thing we really need to remember is basically what you just said uh, about like planet's gonna blow up and the two parents sent him to Earth and two more parents picked him up and that's it and yeah. Zod hates him for some reason. Yeah, that's all you need to know. Um, and but then they put this whole thing with like the codex and then like what they put the codex into their baby. Yeah, through uh, you know science, cr- space science, Kryptonian space science. Yeah, I think I think it's. Like a lot of this, honestly, is just like they spent a lot of money on Russell Crowe, and, and they were like, "We better get our money's worth when it comes to 
having Russell Crowe in this movie. Russell Crowe had like signed on, but then in the script he like realized like, well, I don't want to just be a ghost the whole time. Yeah. Like you can you really like stretch that out? Like give me a lot to do. Yeah. Okay, so Yeah, so there is the baby the codex or is that the codex? What is that? The that's just a key. That's okay. That's just a key that does stuff throughout the movie. Right. Okay. And then uh the codex So they they put all of the Kryptonian DNA into Clark basically. Yeah, I or think Cal. I think the idea is that that skull represents like uh sort of their like uh origin species. Yeah. And uh they dissolved that DNA and infused it with Kal-El's. Right. So his DNA is like fused with the DNA of his entire species or the origins of his species. So no matter what happens to Krypton now, uh the like code of the Kryptonians will be like sealed in this baby. And like all this just feels like yeah, this totally he just feels like Russell Crowe being like if I'm going to be in this movie, I want to be a badass. Sure. <laughs> and and like my first thought is, "Oh man, that looks really cool." And I feel like this whole thing is just, like, to be cool. Yeah. And uh, they wanted to do something, I guess, that they hadn't done in a Superman movie before. There's a there's a guy on internet, a uh, uh, movie reviewer, who uh, I think his name's Movie Bob. And he pointed out something that I think is very accurate about Man of Steel, which is that uh, it's less about what this movie is going for and more what it's trying not to be. And basically, after Superman Returns, I think they were like, just give it a fuckload of action. Oh, exactly. Exactly. The uh, The entire ending of this movie, the entire third act, is just to make up for Superman Returns. Yeah. And, like, all of this stuff, even, it's all just, like, you know, just make it exciting. It doesn't, like, matter why we're watching this. It just, you know, we need to... It just keep people's attention yeah like we should be out of this scene already like the, the like everything should be exploded and done okay so this is where it's odds like what the fuck you had a child yeah so that's all the, the stuff first, all the first th- natural birth in a while and that's obviously pissing off zod because his whole existence is about serving the one purpose yeah and he feels like everyone's kind of supposed to serve their one purpose so I guess they were like they breed certain people to do certain roles like on Krypton like they breed like Zod to be a warrior and Jor-El and Lara were bred to be scientists and yeah very much like uh which makes all of uh all of uh Jor-El's fighting skills kind of questionable but yeah. um yeah it's very much kind of like ants how ants have like there's like soldier ants and uh like uh I don't know uh, accountant ants, accountants. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck you. There's a pun. Yeah, like <laughs> hunters and gatherers and queens and yeah. yeah. Okay. They just kind of and the idea and like ants are fucking crazy efficient. If you ever Google like what ants can do, it's terrifying. Oh, I know. I saw Ant Man. Yeah. No, they they <laughs> they will steal your shit and then break your walls with a tank. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So I think the idea is that is like. They like everyone on this planet kind of sacrificed free will in order to serve the greater good, but the greater good was polluted through a uh, sort of poor, uh, poor government, and uh, you know the government of Krypton became corrupt and uh, 
idiotic and uh, that has led to the destruction of the planet and now oh, Michael Shannon yeah scream Michael Shannon he's really good at yelling <laughs> he's good at everything <laughs> do you think uh, Zack Snyder was influenced by J.J. Abrams at all on this w- on this movie what makes you say that <laughs> as, we, just, as you know as a lens flare takes over the whole, you know yeah. like that liftoff scene was just like full of yeah. Do you think he does he just kind of rip off er- anyone who's popular at the moment? Uh I'm not so sure about that. I feel like he definitely he probably like takes inspiration very blatantly from whatever is popular, but yeah. I feel like he does uh, have his own style to him which is like you know, Zack Snyder would be like an awesome like director of an opera cuz he's like everything with Zack Snyder is like very big very loud and uh sort of i don't know like more about emotion than logic yeah and that has a lot to do with uh well i mean check this out and then you know joss whedon went there with the snap zooms and oh yeah that's from uh serenity i think well and the avengers too he does it a couple times in there and and then this, I don't even know what the point of... I guess it's just an excuse for why Zod wasn't just, like, immediately after the codec. Yeah. Although it seems like, I don't know, the... <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, an Abrams influence. So they were inciting the Civil War or Insurrection or whatever. Yeah, this guy. I'm pretty sure this is... Uh, I can't remember his name. I'm going to look him up. But You're not thinking of Matt Frewer, are you? No. Okay. I don't think so. Um. I think that uh, I lost my train of thought on what I was going to say because um, that guy distracted me with they, his face. They were inciting an insurrection against Oh, the yeah. Government. Okay. And the planet is d- destroying itself at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Like, pick one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it kind of like Star Trek 2009 did a really great job of making the, uh, like, I don't know, like the the inciting incident of that movie uh originally also had uh oh fuck what's the guy's name uh eric Bana yeah in 2009 star trek like uh here we go yeah it is the guy i'm thinking about julian richings he was in uh apparently he was in x-men the last stand but i know him from hardcore logo he played bucky haig in hardcore logo which is a really cool indie canadian film cool um He's like a Canadian character actor, and yeah, he's been some cool stuff. He was just in The Witch. He had a little cameo in The Witch. Um, nice. So this is obviously that uh, that prison. Yeah. Uh, that I can't remember the name of. Um, are we obligated to uh, point out that the prison cells look like dicks? Is that? Yeah, we are. Okay. Uh, well, everything's really phallic. Everything is either phallic or ionic on Krypton. Because it's the origin of uh, civilization, I guess. And Zack Snyder just... It's not a very complicated dude. So this was... I don't know if you watched... uh, So, okay, so they're going into the Phantom Zone right now. Yeah. uh, With their their space prison that they're in. And uh, this is the same space prison. I really wish I could remember what it's called. Like the Fortress, maybe? I feel like it had a better name than that. Um... But it was on uh, Supergirl, too. I don't know if you watched any of uh, the new 
Supergirl TV show on CBS? I have not. I have. Uh, I saw a clip of them flying in that, and I was like, "Well, that looks like shit." But <laughs> yeah, it's a network show, so you know, obviously, it looks cheap and dumb. But some of it was okay. Okay. Wow. And so now the planet's just gonna blow up. And what I want to know is like, why? Why? Uh, why have we been talking for twenty minutes and Superman? All that's happened is he's been shot off into space. Well, I think another thing about this movie, in addition to it trying to be uh, action-packed, is also like trying to be sort of vaguely topical. And uh, the question of why the fuck are all the Kryptonians staying on their planet if their planet is doomed is kind of like, well, why is our government staying and doing this thing when our planet is doomed? And it's like, oh, I get it. It's like a... Like a global warming. Is that thing. it? I feel like it is, because otherwise, why the fuck would they stay there? <laughs> like, look at that shit. Like, uh, fuck. Like, if it wasn't symbolic of global warming, then actually, why? <laughs> you know? Well, I think it's just because, like, the planet needs to explode, and Superman needs to be the only one. And there he goes. Yeah. Full but, of lens flare. But, like, past they, Saturn. they go to, like, great lengths in this movie to, like, cast a brilliant scientist who's talking to the government about the scientific thing that's threatening the species, which... Yeah, and they're all like, fuck off! Yeah, and it just really sounds like uh, people... Like, it sounds like symbolic of how people ignore climate change on Earth. Oh, do you remember, like, the trailers for this movie where they're, like, showing, like, the spaceship? And then, like, shots like this? Yeah, and it was like, you will give the people of Earth something to strive towards. See, this is the kind of stuff, this is the stuff in this movie that I actually like the most, is like the nomad Superman going around helping people, doing random jobs, like, you know, trying to fit in. That was cool stuff that we'd never seen before um, that we actually wanted to see. Yeah, well, this this is weird, because this whole, like, sequence just looks so, like, it looks like a completely different movie, with the exception of, like, you know, the deepness of the uh, blacks in, like, the color scheme, but... Yeah, everything has just been crushed right down to the make it all um, desaturated. And Is that I Michael Ironside? It looks like Michael Ironside a little bit. I don't think it is, though. Nah, I... I, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed, like, in the trailers for Batman v Superman, they have, like, they've put the Superman color, like, back into the the suit and stuff like that and like the it's more red and yellow and than just like this like dark blue and you mean red and blue you say red and well, yellow like, no but like the logo right oh. the, like before it was just like a really really dark yeah you couldn't see anything so you're saying that you think they may have brightened up his look like his whole look uh, well i think a lot of the batman versus superman stuff is like a reaction to this movie yeah like i don't know that if this movie was well well received and in terms of i mean we can talk about this at the end too but like i don't know if the majority of the plot of batman versus superman is the same in terms of like oh superman's a menace and he destroyed metropolis. you know so much of metropolis and like killed mi- millions of people like there's no way that that was their plan from the beginning is there uh yeah i'm not really sure i feel like because uh, i feel like that was just they d- decided to do that uh as a reaction to this movie 
and the criticisms that a lot of people had. I, you know what kind of bugs me about the criticism of this movie is people saying shit like Superman doesn't save anyone, <laughs> and then there's a scene like this. Yeah, well, like he does, and and that's what I say. Like this is the stuff in the movie that I really like. Yeah. Like, um, I I really like probably like the first first half of this movie for sure. Maybe even the first two thirds. I don't know. Well, it's been a while since I've seen it, so we'll we'll go through it. Um. What exactly happened to Superman here? He, was he knocked unconscious by that? I I hope not. Is that a thing that can happen to him? Well, no. You see, the script needed an excuse for him to have a flashback. Oh, okay. So he just uh, he got hit over the head by the script? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that can knock a lot it of people It was pretty out. blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Teamwork joke. Uh, That's actually fucking freaky. Yeah. I, I can see that being... But I feel like the kid isn't really selling that. No. You know, I I give kid actors a pass a lot of the time. I don't know. Because like, the easy thing to do is be like, this kid sucks at acting. And, like, yeah, he does. But, like, almost every kid sucks at acting. So... But like so, just like don't have kids in the movie then. Like if <laughs> like if if every single like if there was one thing that always sucked on set, like uh, every 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 time you have a Volkswagen in a movie, it explodes. Like don't just don't have <laughs> just it on set anymore. <laughs> like yeah. stop trying to have them in the movie if I, they always. I really suck. I really like this scene though. Yeah. Uh, you know him like kind of like discovering his powers for the first time and stuff like that. Like that's really cool. The kid's doing a decent job in this moment. I feel like they could have just started here, and I would have gotten it. The one, the one question I have though is like, why did it have to be Sally Field? Or is that Sally Field? No, who's that? I don't think that's Sally. Field. That's not Sally Field. Sally, she was, Sally she Field was, was on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this woman. Why did it have to be Mrs. Kent? Why couldn't it have been Jonathan Kent? Uh. Uh, and not because I'm anti-women or anything, but like the the Jonathan Kent relationship is super important to Superman's character, and I feel like they didn't do a great job of that. Yeah, well, maybe I mean maybe that was like a conscious Diane Lane. That's who it is. Maybe it was like a conscious decision with this movie uh, to make uh, the maternal influence in uh, Clark's life like better than the paternal one so there it was like a conscious decision to make sure that his mother was a better influence upon him than his father was huh so like his uh his mother is teaching him to like be calm and uh like accept like all of this information that's coming at him and uh his father is telling him to just like shut up and hide and like it could be that but i don't know but it's, why it's it's tricky because uh you know, at the end, they're, like, trying to make you, like, feel for the fact that he lost his father, which seems to imply that, you know, he's supposed to, like, I don't know, it just feels very messy. It, like, his, yeah. his father is basically doing, like, the Uncle Ben thing where it's like, I'm so awesome. Oh, fuck, I'm dead. Well, I think they tried to do, like, they tried to give him two dads almost because they tried to bring Jor-El into it too much, too, right? Like, he comes back later as the computer program, and it's like... Jor-El is not that important to the character of Superman. Like, Jor-El tells him about, like, who he is and where he came from and all that kind of stuff, but 
he was never really what sh- what shaped his character and like his development, right? It was always Jonathan Kent. Yeah, that did that. And yeah, it feels like uh, it's very interesting because it, it kind of it feels like they wanted to differentiate it from uh, the previous movie by or like the original movies by uh, making the father from another planet like the better of the two. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of in keeping with how much more of a science fiction movie this is than anything. Like a science fiction action movie. I'm just watching this scene. I remember seeing this in the trailers. Or I think it was the second second, uh, trailer for this movie. There was the first trailer that had that song from the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh yeah. And then there was the second trailer which had more of like, you know, he saw what Clark did. That moment coming up. Yeah, like the like the woman was like pissed that her her son got saved, but like this this kind of stuff is is good. I I'm in, I'm in full favor of how how this part of the movie is told. Um and also the music here is really great just yeah like having the music here it actually feels like a strong like hopeful theme song as opposed to just like why is he destroying everything <laughs> yeah well like um you know Hans Zimmer had a big uh big shoes to fill in in writing new superman music right cuz like John Williams wrote that original superman theme which is so iconic Although, really, of any of all the modern composers who could have taken over from John Williams, Hans Zimmer is kind of like, well, duh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the moment where, like, what's yeah. this, what's this woman like going after? She's with this? pissed that like Clark saved her fatso son. Yeah. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> like, what, uh, like... Well, the kid's kind of a dick. Why do they always make, like, the fat guys are either the comic relief or they're jerks? Yeah, they're comic relief. If they're kids, they're funny, or they're asking when lunch is, or they're jerks. And yeah. if, if they're grown-ups, then they're comic relief or sex offenders. Sure, yeah. And or uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, but yeah, I, d- I don't understand that. Like she, he saw what Clark did. Like, well, I don't know. Like maybe. Like, yeah, you're welcome, lady. It's very strange because you wonder, like, what was her, like, what did she expect would happen if it's that Clark was like a government project, like a secret government project or something? Then like the government would probably make her disappear, right? Yeah. Like, what are you after? It's not like the Kents have a lot of money either. Yeah. Like, and also, why is she, like, after a traumatizing incident like that, why is she believing the, like, word of her, like, traumatized kid who got pulled out from under a river after being under there for, like, a minute? Yeah. Like, wouldn't she just be like, no, son, you're hallucinating? <laughs> well, and then this whole scene with, like, what am I supposed to do? Let him die? Like, well, maybe. Fuck if I know. feel like hmm. this is my biggest issue with this movie actually is the mishandling of of the Jonathan Kent character and it has nothing to do with like um has nothing to do with uh 
Kevin Costner or even Zack Snyder. I don't think I solely blame David Goyer on that one. Really? Yeah. Is it? Uh, is there any significant? Uh, do you just feel like it was David Goyer's idea? Yeah, I just feel like in the script he did a really bad job of of writing a a solid character or a. Well, maybe I mean here's like a thought. Maybe because a, a big part of the kind of ethos of the movie was that it was going to be an updating of Superman the character, and you're going to update an American icon uh, into the present day, like the concept of like fear and how fear like I don't know like maybe the fact that uh Clark had kind of a misguided father is like part of the point of the modern superman like uh his father like has good intentions of like protecting his son and stuff but he's like preventing his son from really excelling and becoming this hero that he's meant to be like I don't know could that have any sort of parallels to like is that what David Goyer and the other filmmakers kind of perceive of uh, the previous generation in relation to this generation? I mean, possibly. Because there's, um, ki- there's kind of a tone of, like, the children of, like, the baby boomers generation having all this kind of, like, hope and, uh, you know, potential. And then there's kind of this, like, this Generation X vibe of, like, almost, like, wasted opportunity. Well, and then, but then they put moments like this in there, where it's like, "Oh, he's such a loving dad." It's like, "You are my son," you know. I want to keep you safe and stuff, but I'm kind of like, "Safe from what?" Like, yeah, that's that's something about Superman that never. I mean, I guess it's it's ob- like it's easy to, to like criticize that when you know a lot about Superman, but like if all you know is that your kid is really fucking strong and has never bled ever in his life, yeah, then it's easy to think like. Maybe the government has something that could kill him, and if he revealed himself, the government would take him away and like incinerate him or something. Like, cause yeah, well, like, then like Jonathan Kent doesn't know that his son is indestructible; he just knows that his son is freakishly strong and fast. Sure, and but I think like one of the ways you get around that is like stressing how important it is for him to remain anonymous or something like that, you know, um, as opposed to just being like. Should I let them drown? It's like, well, yeah, it's better to let them drown than to to try and save their lives if they, you know, could report you to someone. It's like, like, well, no, don't let them die, but save them and and do it in a way where you keep your identity hidden. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, they might have actually, they might have actually done that if Superman, the character, was like iconic for having a mask. Like they might have, yeah. they might have built that into part of uh, Jonathan Kent's storyline. Is like, if you're gonna save people, you need to make sure that no one knows it was you. And then he like gives him like, like if this were uh, Zack Snyder, David Goyer retelling of Spider Man, yeah, it might be like that. But uh, because it's Superman, they know like, well, we can't give Superman a mask. People would fucking hate that. And also, what the fuck would it even be? Uh, so I don't know, like. It's kind of hilarious how many like news articles and uh, interviews and comments from Zack Snyder and David Goyer there have been uh, 
in the time between this movie coming out and the next movie coming out that have just been yeah. like, okay, <laughs> here's why. Like, we just, you know, we thought we thought it was a good idea. Yeah. Like, they're they're like they've really like backpedaled yeah. and really played defense with this movie a lot. Well, and they kind of put some some germs in there of of him being like. Oh, he's not quite because that's one of the big things that they've said. Like, oh, well, he wasn't quite Superman yet. You know, like he hadn't become Superman yet. And you can kind of see that with him, like you know, fucking up the guy's truck there. Yeah, he's got a bit of a temper and stuff like that. That's a really nice moment. Yeah, and she like looks and looks at him, but and like doesn't care at all. Yeah, because that was uh, Clark who opened the door for her, right? Was it? Yeah, I think that was the point of that. Oh, cool! I didn't notice that he had a toucan. Yeah. That's yeah, like this is this is another thing that I really like about the way this movie's handled is the um what they did to uh Lois Lane's character. I actually really like Amy Adams as Lois Lane in this movie. Yeah, I think she's definitely one of the highlights. See stuff like this is like material that I haven't seen since summer of 2013 so when it gets to scenes like this i'm just kind of watching the movie just to be like oh yeah what did, what, what happened here because <laughs> the whole thing with lois lane's character right is that she's um supposed to be this brilliant journalist like a pulitzer prize winning journalist and she can't tell the difference between clark kent with glasses on and clark kent with glasses off like you know yeah that's been kind of a lingering stupidity in the uh, superman mythology for a long time it's like that kind of shit may have flown in the 30s but like today you know, people aren't gonna aren't gonna go for that especially since like you you know you're gonna insta- establish her as a as a important character like otherwise she just needs to be like some side character when she's like a main character that hangs out with Superman all the time and hangs out with Clark Kent all the time. Yeah, it's definitely like one of the better decisions that was made during this movie was to update all that stuff and like you know make make kind of a nice like nod to it in the very last scene where he's talking yeah. where he's talking about like he's gonna need a job where he can you know people won't ask questions when he wants to go somewhere dangerous and ask questions. Yeah. Welcome to the planet. Yeah, that yeah. moment. It's like that Oh, I get it. Uh, yeah. That was that was very much I saw that movie. Like the way that the music was going, like you know as you're watching it that that's going to be the final scene. And here's the scene where she gets the best camera in the world. They can zoom in on an image of Clark running through the dark uh, cliff side of was that a was that a Canon camera? That was a Nikon, actually. Oh, yeah. I you can tell I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so you know they got a lot of money for that. Yeah, a bunch of people ran out and bought Nikon's. Were very disappointed that they couldn't take pictures at in almost no light. This scene just I'm just thinking like Alien versus Predator. <laughs> oh, I know, right? It's just I just see Lance Henriksen being like, "I found a tunnel to an ancient uh, pyramid." I'm just like, oh my god, a fucking Predator is in the fucking Man of Steel. <laughs> Dude, I have a comic book that is Superman versus Predator. No, Superman versus Aliens, sorry. 
that's that's good. That's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, and then there's Batman versus Predator as well, which I don't have, but I feel like Batman would just so easily win. It's kind of well, actually, I guess Predator has like alien technology. Yeah, he's got like a cloaking device and and lasers and stuff. So this, this is interesting. Do you recognize this from the beginning of the movie 20 minutes ago? <laughs> it's a good thing they did a, a, all that, you know, establishing what Kryptonian technology looks like and everything so that you could, you know, yeah. pick up on that later. Hey, look at that thing. It's kind of tough to establish, like, a creeping threat behind coming up behind Superman. Like this. Like, I know it's not going to hurt him. I think it does hurt him, though. Oh, shit. That's the thing, right? Like, uh, Oh, right, because it's like it's Kryptonian, Kryptonian technology. Yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. One of the many scenes in which they needed to get their money's worth... Uh, Okay, well, that's just gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> Nikon. Nikon had, like, five full seconds in focus on a big screen in front of millions of people across the world. Oh, yeah, and they probably they probably paid, like, a million bucks for it, too. Like, yeah. It paid a lot. This kind of feels like a video game character. Who, jor Yeah, it's just like... Kind of, yeah. Fuck, where did he go? God damn it. <laughs> They've kind of stopped making video games based on superhero movies and stuff, haven't they? Yeah, I feel like that was a thing in the uh, 2000s. Yeah, I remember like every time like a Spider-Man movie came out, like I remember playing the Spider-Man 2 game so much. Like I loved that game and like every time a, a movie would come out, we'd get a game, but I think they kind of stopped like yeah. around Iron Man or Iron Man 2. I think there was an Incredible Hulk game and maybe a, f- a first Iron Man game, but I don't think we got like a Captain America game or a Thor game. I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, I'm not that big of a video game guy, yeah. but I feel like they uh probably the uh like the game industry and probably the movie industry just both figured that they uh, didn't really need each other. Yeah. Like they like didn't Grand Theft Auto Five make like five hundred million dollars in a day or something crazy? Probably. Like they don't really need like to tie it into each other anymore. Now that like gaming is like super mainstream. Yeah. Well, you know, like I think I had like a Batman Begins video game, but then by the time the Dark Knight came out it was like, Yeah, we don't need this anymore. We got Arkham Asylum and stuff. Yeah. actually pretty funny that you didn't notice it was Clark earlier opening the door for her and shit because that's kind of the point of those scenes is that oh yeah it kind of sells the idea that he was the guy no one noticed holy shit <laughs> yeah I, was, I like how they also really uh went back to the fact that it's heat vision and not uh laser vision yeah because it, it definitely became laser vision in in uh in later iterations of of Superman yeah well, uh, dark side vision was kind of always laser vision. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I see what you mean about how Superman 
I don't know. There's a bunch of things about Superman's powers that were always kind of in flux. Like, in the beginning, wasn't it just that he was super strong? And he could, like, leap? Yeah, he could jump. He could leap tall buildings in a single bound. Just like uh, John Carter. Exactly. But only on Mars. Yeah. And yeah, John Carter is actually a a very uh, good... Uh, um, like like precursor to to Superman in in a way like if you want to draw the connection it's like oh it's very obvious yeah especially when you learn that uh, the character of Superman was created by like two guys who just were really and you can really imagine like the creators uh, the two creators of Superman just being like fuck I love John Carter yeah oh, well I, they're like two kids living in like a Jewish ghetto in New York in the thirties yeah and uh. You know, probably reading like you know pulp sci-fi magazines, like you know, fantastic science fiction stories magazine, and like that was a legitimate title for a magazine back in the day. Yeah, well, like the origin of uh, Superman is in what Action Comics? Action Comics number one, yeah. Action Comics. Lawrence Fishburne seems kind of wasted in this role. A little bit, but they needed uh, diversity. Yeah. I like Lawrence Fishburne, though, like as a guy in movies. I'm like, right on. Yeah, I'm always happy to see him. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a little bit wasted, but also like... Didn't he do the voice of the Silver Surfer? Did he? I think he did. That was oh, a th- right on. That was a thing, like... Uh, I think it was like Toby or... Doug Jones or something like did the motion capture for the Silver Surfer. Yeah, but then the uh, they got Lawrence Fishburne to do the voice. I never saw that one. What Silver Surfer? Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Whoa. I think I saw like twenty minutes of it on TV one time. And you were like, "Yeah, that'll do." <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of like, "Well, I got other things to do." Well, uh, it's not that great, so you didn't miss anything. <laughs> but it's not as if. Who's this guy? What's he doing? Never, don't worry oh, about it. Oh, polar bears. Is this a reference to that fucking <laughs> Kevin Smith thing? Yeah. kind of feels like Do it. you know anything about polar bears? <laughs> no. Why? The most fierce killer in the animal kingdom. Oh. So this is the Fortress of Solitude then. Like, this is the new the new Fortress of Solitude. Instead of being made out of crystals, it's a ship. A ship that is, like, in the Arctic or something. For reasons. Yeah, I guess they just... I don't know. I guess they just wanted to move past that whole like uh, technological crystal design. Sure, yeah. Because that's one of those things that like, if they kept that element in the movie, it like really wouldn't have felt like its own thing. No, they really needed to move on to. Because I mean, like Superman Returns was like straight up. It was like like, like a, it was like a direct sequel to Superman Two. Well, it felt like a fan film in a lot of ways. It yeah, kinda. Like a really emo fan film, um, but like they brought Be- Marlon Brando back to life in that movie and stuff. Like they he was really making it clear that like, oh, this is a direct connection to to that. Even though Lois Lane hadn't aged since the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had a cable wrapped around my foot. So, all right. So this is really going to give us. Yet another history of Krypton. Because it's important. Oh, okay. So that's why the... 
That's why the ship's there. It was a science ship. Okay. So the ship was like... Okay, I get it. Oh, and it introduces stuff that happened is going to come in later. Machines that are going to reshape environments. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That's fine, then. I'm fine with it. They gave us a reason. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a good reason. Again, though, it just makes the whole beginning feel kind of superfluous. Yeah. Yeah, why couldn't you just have started the movie on the ship? Like, on the on the crab fishing ship. It especially would have been a really nice uh, jarring cue if, like, the music had been building up over black and uh, it said, like, DC, Warner Brothers, and it's, like, the Hans Zimmer score is building up and up and up, and then it just, like, crescendos as they as the ship, like, crashes into a wave. and uh, Yeah, because he's literally just telling us what we saw, like, like, 45 minutes ago. Has it been 45 minutes? 48 minutes, actually. Holy shit. Well, <laughs> time flies when you're not really paying that much attention. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the set that was designed to look like... No, uh, that, I, th- I believe, was at the beginning with the baby in, in like, the cradle, and then it had the two things. They were, like, sucking the, uh, the codex apart. Those were supposed to be, like, fallopian tubes. Okay, because I feel like I keep seeing vaginas in this Fortress of Solitude. That could be Freudian, or it could be uh, intentional. Yeah, see, not in a shot like this, but there's certain shots where I feel like... like. Well, I mean, there's there's lots of genital imagery in this movie, because, you know, there was the penis pods at the beginning that shot Zod and them into the, the giant crab ship. <laughs> Just, like, all you have to do to make this movie sound ridiculous is describe it. <laughs> but, like, look at the doorways in this ship. Yeah. I mean, this one's just going to reveal the suit, so it's not that great of an example. But, like, I don't know. Google it. <laughs> there you go. They finally got rid of the underwear. Good call? Uh, I'd say so. I don't really... Yeah. I mean, the... uh like I think I read an interview with Zack Snyder where he was talking about how the uh the underwear was kind of an homage to like wrestlers and bodybuilders and stuff. Oh yeah, okay. And so uh like it made sense for action comics number 1, but uh it doesn't like it just doesn't make sense anymore. Sure. It's a it was a gutsy move though cuz there was a lot of people that were upset about that. Like they got rid of the the red tights and that was one of the things that defined Superman. Well, I mean, what they should have been uh, more upset about is them getting rid of getting rid of just the red entirely in the costume. I mean, this is pretty bright, but uh you know, well, I guess it's mostly the blue that's really muted in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he still has the red boots, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's still like plenty of red, but the uh yeah, definitely the blues look more like blacks in this movie. Even if they gave him like a yellow belt or a, a red belt or something like that, red and yellow belt, just something to add more like color to it. Like Superman should be colorful. Well, like the whole and Batman shouldn't. And that's why I like seeing in the trailers for for Batman v Superman how they've kind of he's finally figured out how to juxtapose those two. Well, it feels uh, discordant, though, with this movie, because, like, the whole point of this movie kind of felt 
like leading up to it and then also while watching it, it kind of feels like a Batman Begins for Superman. Well, uh, I think that's exactly what it's supposed to be, yeah. But, uh, like, first of all, you shouldn't turn... First, all right, for happiest moment of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... Uh, <laughs> see, like, this is good. Yeah, this is all right. Like him, like, not... Like, having a, a tough first uh, flight. That's yeah. That's, like, right out of uh, How to Train Your Dragon or something. Yeah. Well... Um, but I mean, a, but going like back to the uh, the thing, like... This movie very much feels like, okay, let's uh, do with Superman what we did with Batman. But, like, you can't do that down to the colors. Like, no. you can really, you can bring Batman way darker. But, yeah, like, for sure. But, I mean, Superman, like, if you look like, at, like, shouldn't be that dark. Even, like, looking at the script for the movie, like, the way it's structured with, like, flashbacks telling, like, part of his past. And then cutting back to, like, modern times and, like, having him, like, traveling the world, you know, studying different things and, and then... I or, think or like trying different things. Like Batman was traveling around studying yeah. kung fu and was like ending up in prisons fighting people and stuff like that. And you know, Superman's traveling around trying to save people and like trying to find his place in the world. Like I think Goyer just like took his template that he used for Batman Begins and like just started like swapping out Batman for Superman in a lot of different find and replace. Yeah. Like structurally it it is almost exactly the same. Because we're 52 minutes into the movie, and this is the first time we see him in the suit, which is pretty close to to Batman Begins as well. Oh, you know what? It's worth mentioning that uh, where are you getting 52 minutes from, from the recording of us? Yeah. That started a bit earlier than the movie. Oh, that's true, yeah. So uh, if you're re- listening to this and you're confused, uh, we're actually at, uh, I don't know, what does that say? Okay. I don't care that much. No, it's not important. Not exactly 52 minutes in case you're like, oh, shit, where am I supposed to be? That's true. We talked for about a minute or so yeah. before, a minute he, or two. He's flying right now, and it's really fun. Yeah, through the Grand Canyon or something. I could watch this forever. This is so much fun. I wonder how long this scene will last. I love shots like this. Gotta have the space shot. There we go. Parallax. Actually, Parallax is a DC Comics villain. I guess they could bring him into this. Yeah, they could. Now that uh, the original... Wait, wasn't he in Green Lantern? Well, I was going to say, now that Green Lantern has almost definitely been uh, (laughs) uh, erased. Did Green Lantern come out before this one or after this one? Uh, Two years before. Green Green Lantern was June 2011. Okay. It's crazy how well I can remember that kind of shit. It's really amazing, yeah. Yeah, and I think this was, I guess this was, what, June 2013? Hey, it's the kid from when they were kids. Except now he's not a kid. Wait, is this that guy? I feel like that guy... Yeah, no, it is, yeah. Okay. Because he has red hair. Oh, that's... He he, you know he hit puberty and then slimmed down. It, it's good for him. Yeah, but I like how easy it was for her to track him down. Yeah, that's like definitely an improvement over uh, previous Lois. Like it didn't take her very long. She you know just followed the followed the trail. See, like this would be a, a really interesting scene, like seeing Jonathan Kent's uh, grave before we see him die. Yeah, would be a really interesting idea. If I don't know, if we gave a shit, yeah. If jo- <laughs> if if Jonathan Kent were anything in our memory besides just like, oh fuck, just like let the kids die next time. <laughs> like, yeah, but you are my son, and I love you. I love 
you, but fuck everyone else. As like, that's not really Superman. So you can tell that she's like, she's really figured out, like, you know, starting to put the pieces together that he's not from around here. Like, you probably actually. Oh. I know. Yeah, like right about there. Oh, is this that fucking tornado scene? This is the tornado scene. How old is he supposed to be here? Like 18? Yeah. 18, 19. Because he looks like 31. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay, but it's because he's from Krypton. Oh, I see. Yeah. Actually, I'm being, I'm just being silly. He looks like, he looks like he's in his 20s. Yeah. Well, but like movie 20s is the 30s. Yeah. Is in your 30s, right? And like high school age is in your 20s. Yeah. So what's the idea here? Did they just... Well, you know, they live in the Midwest, and uh, there's a lot of tornadoes, so... Okay, so... They're going for the overpass, because it's, you know, some place where they can uh, hopefully hide from the from the storm. And then what happens next? Is it that Jonathan Kent goes to, like, he goes find to get the dog? He goes to get the dog. They left the dog in the truck. Okay. For no reason. This is the worst scene in the entire movie. And yeah. I'll tell you why. Because Superman could have just gone and gotten the dog and been back. And it would have been fine. There's no reason for Jonathan Kent to say, no, I'll go. Uh, there's no reason that Jonathan Kent should be killed in a tornado. Because this is something that Superman, if he really wanted to, he could go save his dad right now. Yeah, it's very, and also like this is just so dumb. Like, don't worry, don't worry, the dog did get away. Like, yeah. So what? Well, the Peter people will be pissed if. That's nice, nice reference to John Peters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we, we don't, and then he kills one, one, and then and the one, other one goes away. Because we don't want to piss off the Peter people, but, like. Superman, Jonathan he can just fly and get he him. Could, he could get him. Yeah, but he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll just die in this tornado for no reason. Don't reveal yourself. It's fine. Bye, son. Hide who you are and never be special. It's fine. Yeah, you should cry because because you failed. Like, Jonathan Kent, the tragedy of Jonathan Kent is that he died from natural causes. And if you wanted to update that, like, maybe it's not a heart attack. Maybe it's, like... Maybe it's a you know cancer or some kind of leukemia or whatever like like fucking bird flu like whatever swine flu yeah yeah he gets swine flu swine flu but it should be something that Superman with all his strength and and all his abilities can do nothing about yeah the whole point of the tragedy of Superman is that no matter even if he could 
be everywhere, saving everyone all the time, everyone would still die eventually. Yeah, he can never save everyone always. But, like, he can save people from tornadoes, and so that's why it's fucking dumb that they kill Jonathan Tennant. He can, and he would. Yeah. He would never not save one from a tor- someone from a tornado, especially his father. It's, it's his sur- But if you remember at the beginning of the scene, he's not his dad. He's just some guy that found him in a field. Yeah, it's very... I mean, basically, like, the setup of this movie is, like, yeah, just adoptive parents sucks. Yeah. Parents suck. Yeah. Being adopted sucks. If you're adopted... You should be angry. You should you should kill people at the end at the end of your movie. Yeah. <laughs> and you shouldn't try to help anyone, especially yeah, just your like, adopted parents. Just like have a video of like uh it's like Thor being like, He is my brother, and then it just like snaps Zod's <laughs> neck and is like, He's adopted. See, stuff like this seems at odds with the... Uh, the Terrence Malicky stuff? Yeah, the Terrence Malicky stuff seems at odds with, like, the really huge, like, <laughs> Zack Snyder stuff. Yeah, well, this is kind of what I'm talking about when I'm seeing, like, Zack, Zack Snyder is, like, borrowing from everyone that's popular. Because, like, Tree of Life had come out, like, you know, a year or two before this. Or yeah, two years prior. Yeah, and, and, you know, Star Trek was four years before that, and... Well, Star Trek 2 may have even been out by that point. Star Trek 2 was uh, two, uh, a month before this. Yeah. But, you know, the Abrams uh, uh, lens flare thing. Because yeah. Super 8 had been out in between, right? Yeah, Super yeah. 8 was uh, in, uh, I think, June of 2011 as so well. So the Abrams style is well established already. And so then he's like taking the lens flares from that. The Avengers had come out. So he's like, oh, I'm going to put the snap zooms and that kind of stuff in. And, yeah. you know, big city battles and then apparently also tree of life he must have been so fucking confused when he he saw the avengers and was like i can top that battle scene and then he did and people were like fuck you he was like but i ah." and then you get to and then you get to age of ultron and there's just like so much of them helping people yeah it's ridiculous it almost feels like like Joss Whedon did something cool. Zack Snyder was like, here's my version. And then Joss Whedon was like, here's how, here's how you're supposed if to do it. If you pause it, there's one frame uh, that's just a still of uh, Iron Man flipping the middle finger to the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just right when Captain America is helping all the people across the bridge. If you, <laughs> if you freeze frame it perfectly. <laughs> so what, what are they talking about now? I wasn't paying attention. This is a great commentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have come up with a more intricate uh, sound system where, like, we're hearing the thing, but our mics aren't. Yeah, we could work on that for next time. But basically, he loves his mom and not his dad. That's what I've gathered from this. Yeah. I think this is this guy's first scene. This guy's in a lot of stuff. This is the guy who uh, read the uh, Batman quote at the uh, reveal of the Batman v Superman title. The Batman quote? Yeah, the quote from The Dark Knight Returns. He was at Comic-Con with Zack Snyder. He read the quote about, uh, 
I want you to remember in all your most private moments the one man who beat you. And it was this actor uh, reading that quote from The Dark Knight Returns at a Comic-Con panel, at which point they showed the logo, oh, okay. and everyone went fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, there's the crab ship. Ah, oh, such a fucking dumb fake-out. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the next five minutes of Lois's life if that woman hadn't told her to come watch the news. <laughs> She's just still dealing with the fucking... Just, like, in the supply closet, like, trying to find toner. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, come, finally solves the toner problem and comes out and is like, what's happening in the world? <laughs> Superman drinks Budweiser and watches football. He's American. Didn't they throw that line in at the end where he's like, I grew up in Kansas. I'm as American as they come. Yeah, I'm as American as it gets. Yeah. That's kind of funny that Superman's, like, very eyes can do snap zoom. <laughs> yeah. To the exact same shot that's on TV somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's convenient. This was really weird and really cool, actually. I kind of like the way they did this. Oh, yeah, because it's uh, General Zod's about to come on TV, right? Yeah. This is actually really awesome. But like the w just like the whole like way th they designed how it the message looks, I think it's really cool. This was actually, uh, this uh, speech that's happening on the TV here was actually part of uh, the fourth trailer for Man of Steel. So seeing it in the actual movie was really satisfying. Uh, yeah, and this is like how it's showing up in like every language and stuff. Okay, why do those people have a TV on? You know what I mean? Like they're in a tent in the middle of the fucking mountains. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're supposed to be exactly. They're supposed to be in like Tibet or something like that. Yeah, this stuff. This is pretty cool. The weird blending of like static and kind of an image and almost like a failed render. Yeah. They never explain. Jonathan Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Kent is the reason. Yeah. Uh, For big fucking unknown stupid reasons, <laughs> he has refused. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like some moron told him not to. In other news, a tunnel has been drilled to the center of the earth by the spinning corpse of Jonathan Kent. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do they ever? I guess this kind of explains how they can speak English because they can speak every language. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just kind of yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Cool. L the lang the whole question of language with regard to aliens in uh, movies is just kind of like 
Like, unless it's an actual serious science fiction movie, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's sci- technology. Yeah. They had technology. They did it with science te- science technology. Special science, alien science. Oh, crap. Throwing her under the bus after she gave him a scoop like that. What a dick. So this Woodburn guy works for a rival newspaper. He's like an online guy. Yeah, this is actually an interesting idea that the (laughs) the FBI is just like right away like, okay, come with us. Where the fuck is he? (laughs) (laughs) Stupid feds. Going the other way. I remember here thinking like, okay, so she'll go to Cal L or you know Clark Kent and like go to Superman. Oh shit! Okay, that's smart. Like I like I was oh, okay. I, they got her. I was like pleased that they caught her so quickly. I was like, yeah, they're just like like of course they would. It's the fucking FBI, and there's fucking aliens. <laughs> oh, here's that incredibly subtle scene. You know, the one where you see Jesus in the background. I don't know what you're talking about. I was ki- I do. I do know what you're talking about. We're about to see it. We'll point it out to you. Just in case you, for some fucking reason, can't spot it. <laughs> Yet another scene that doesn't need to be in this movie. Well, especially now that Zod's shown up, this kind of feels pointless. Yeah. Like, the flashbacks in Batman Begins kind of stop after the whole plot with Ra's al Ghul is revealed. Or, like, even just, you know... Well, yeah, once the whole, like, Scarecrow thing starts or whatever. Yeah, once once the Fear Toxin plot kind of takes over, it's kind of like, like we're caught up to the present. Yeah. And this kind of feels like one of those scenes where it's like... Like, we don't need to go back to the past at this point in the story. But we need to see that IHOP manager is a, a good guy. And that he's strong. Just in case you didn't Just fucking did notice. you see that he's strong? Oh, and for one creepy, weird reason, his dad is right behind that kid. Why didn't his dad help at all? This is really confusing, considering that Superman saves the day by punching people. (laughs) Yeah. This whole Jonathan Kent character just seems at odds with the entire rest of the movie. It's very strange. Well, even, like, at odds with himself, where he's like, hide hide yourself. But also, you're going to change the world one day, when they find out who you are. Yeah, when they force you to stop hiding, then you can show how fucking (laughs) awesome you are. (laughs) It's like, well, why? I wanted you to hit him, but also, don't hit him, though. What would it solve if you hit him? Except yeah, that it would, it would change the world. Would it make you feel better? And also, you would kill him, and then, and then you would reveal who you are. What you shouldn't do, you should hide forever. Always hide. Okay, so we're looking at the cross over this guy's shoulder. Yeah. So I'm already thinking of Jesus. Yeah. And, oh fuck. You know, Red Letter Media was right. It's like a film school student fucking framed that shot up. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't even do this. <laughs> like in first year film school, like this maybe just because why not? But no, but like that is pretty. There are people in our class who would have. 
Well, yeah. Yeah. So um this Okay, this is just really dumb. This whole scene. Oh wait, so okay. So what's going on here is like he doesn't know if he can trust humanity with his secret. Yeah. And that's kind of oh, that's what that previous but scene in the past was about was about him like that one IHOP kid. It's it's about was oh yeah. That one IHOP kid was good to him and so it's an example of like, you know, even even at a time when he thought everyone was crap, there were people who were nice to him. Does the digital cape in this movie ever remind you kind of of Spawn? Uh, well, I mean, now it does. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sorry. Thanks for that. I wonder. I wonder if uh, Batman has a uh, digital cape in uh, Batman v Superman. Oh, probably. Yeah. I think. He, I think he even did in uh, in some of the Nolan movies. Even though Nolan hates CGI. Yeah. What's the purpose of the paint in the background there? Also, why is she in the room? Like, shouldn't they keep these two separate? Why is she the one who's allowed to interrogate him? Like, you know, she got called out on national TV that she knew who he was and kept it a secret. You know, kept his true identity a secret. So, like, aren't they sort of in deep shit together like why why are they like oh yeah we'll just put them in a room together and let them talk you know what among everything else in this movie i'm i mean basically it's just for the trailer moment yeah but uh, among everything else i'm willing to just say like okay whatever they just i think i think you're right though because like i've seen uh or read i can't remember if i read it or if i saw it in an interview somewhere with Zack snyder talking about how when he's planning his movies he thinks specifically about the trailer and shoots specific shots and scenes so that he can put them in a trailer. Yeah, and like it actually kind of makes sense coming from a guy who was like a commercial director. Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, oh god, yeah. There's pun number two. Um, but yeah, like that alone isn't inherently bad, especially from like a highly visual director like Zack Snyder. But uh, like you'd think that the writers would put a little more effort into like refining those ideas. Even if it's just like an ADR line of someone being like, you know, we have reason to believe that he's you're the only one he'll talk to. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, like he surrendered to us on one condition that he gets to speak with you. This just me this just reminds me of uh the dream sequence from Watchmen. Yeah. I wanna watch Watchmen. So, now they're in love? It kind of feels like we're, like, nearing the end of the second act, but we're totally not. No. I forgot how long this movie is. I mean, to be fair, they have a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. No, she comes to... I'm quoting the Kryptonian woman from later. Oh, yeah. Again, it just kind of... They did such a great job establishing her character in the beginning, and then 
now she just turned into like a, a tool for people to uh, deliver exposition to. Like, what was the point of that scene? Like, they're in love now? Or not? Or... Well, I don't know. Like, people just suddenly being in love in a movie like this is kind of standard. Like, I can't think of any action movie where I've, like, bought the romance. Yeah. I guess. Actually, the first Iron Man movie did a good job of that. You know what? You're right. That is a really great example yeah. of it working. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't John Favreau direct this movie? Ugh. You kind of want John Favreau to direct everything. Uh, yeah. You said he should direct The Force Awakens. I. You know what? He's gonna. He's gonna get a Star Wars movie. Yeah. I think he'll get an anthology movie. I would rather have him directing Nine than Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, I own uh, Colin Trevorrow. I've never like. First of all, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Trevorrow. Trevorrow. But it's spelled like tomorrow. Oh, there you go. There's the line. <laughs> I feel like... No, oh, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> You know she'll, what? she'll go because clearly someone like I'll go because clearly someone needs to deliver some uh, important information to me that will further the plot of the film. I mean, be important to stopping the aliens. This whole kind of, this whole scene actually just suddenly reminded me of Who's Mar that? Mars attacks. <laughs> that was a uh, scientist who was uh, in the uh, the uh, the on the other side of the uh, two-way mirror uh yeah, no i know i remember seeing him there too but why is he here oh um he is a scientist who was uh on the other side of the two-way <laughs> mirror gotcha actually i think that might have been the same uh scientist character who was in green lantern except recast and uh utilized for superman instead of green lantern Oh yeah. I can't fucking remember the name of the guy. It wasn't it wasn't uh, the guy not the guy whose brain gets all swole. No, but there was another doctor in uh there was another scientist in Green Lantern and it was treated as like, oh, we've got this character in there. But Yeah. Oh, also, wasn't there another a previous Amanda Waller in Green Lantern? Was there? Prior to uh, Viola Davis in uh, Suicide Squad, there was an Amanda Waller in the 2011 Green Lantern. I don't know. I just remember watching that movie and not giving a shit. I just, rem so. <laughs> I just remember not watching the movie. I just didn't pay that much attention. Came out in the same month as Super 8, so I just saw Super 8 instead. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. See, I thought this was uh, kryptonite. First time I saw it, I thought there was like, oh my god, Zod has kryptonite. But how? Oh. Yeah, now seeing. Oh, wait, this is a dream sequence, not a flashback. I mean, if I recall correctly. 
It just seems like couldn't this information be passed on just in that room? Well, I mean, it becomes kind of an infographic, like an interactive infographic about what he plans to do to Earth, so. I guess so. Ah, the Phantom Zone. Not the Negative Zone. Negative Zone is Mar Marvel Comics. I may have said Negative Zone earlier. Oh, yeah, the Negative Zone was the potential location of the planet from Fant Forstick. Oh, uh, it, it, it uh, unconfirmedly was. Yeah. In fact, Josh yeah. Trank was like, we don't call it the negative zone, but it's the negative zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they have the rights to call it the negative zone, to be honest with you. I forget how, well, I don't forget her name, but I for, I have no idea how to pronounce her name. But the Feora. Feora, yeah. yeah. She's fantastic. I only know that because I have an action figure of her. Action figure. I'm not sure what I'm implying. I'm just uh, making a random joke. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It like <laughs> Fleshlight? Yeah, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't decide what joke I was making, and I just went with it. Fuck. That was a lazy joke. Anyway. I like the look of these spacesuits, actually. They're kind of like really old-timey, like 1940s, 1950s, like pulp sci-fi yeah. kind of spacesuits. I, I think that's cool. The very broad shoulders. Yeah, giant dome helmet kind of look. Yeah, it's it works. You know, it's a character that's 75, 85 years old at this point. I'm not quite sure. I know Batman just turned 75 last year. I think he's a couple years older, so. It's kind of cool to keep him rooted, you know, like in his roots a little bit, like with some of the design. It was a neat, neat choice. Every time there's a big again, this is just info we already know. Like every time there's a big tentpole movie like this, I think that the uh, the unused uh, concept art is probably really fascinating. Yeah. What exactly is this dream sequence? Uh, I don't filler because it's it's accurate information, but isn't he unconscious? Yes. And then, like, I've heard that Batman experiences something similar to this in Dawn of Justice. Weird. Yeah. And now he's sinking into the beginning of Terminator. His costume is just black there. Is that supposed to be like that? What, Superman? Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looked like he was wearing like a black outfit, like just like Zod. This movie is like the very definition of teal and orange. Yeah, that or Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> well, okay, that, yes, especially. but In 2013... This was the peak. Because, like, you know they're just, like, a daylight fluorescent, like, right above their, like, right out of frame. Just, like, blasting them with blue light. I heard that uh, Zod's costume, like, he was never actually in costume. He was always in a mocap suit. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, uh, 
Seems odd. I mean, I guess his uh, his like you know war suit is pretty fucking complicated looking. Maybe they hadn't fully finished the design by the time they needed to start shooting his scenes. Oh, that could be. Because like this movie took a long fucking time to make. They were like in production as early as uh, 2010, I thought. Yeah, I think. Like they were they were in produ- uh, pre production like long before even like the Dark Knight Rises came out. Yeah. They were planning this movie. So what was their plan if the atmosphere on the ship didn't do anything to them? They just like really definitely knew that it would. Okay. I mean like this this is one of those movies where like they uh you want me to put that somewhere? No, that's cool. Um Yeah, there was uh this is one of those movies where like there's a lot of convenient shit like that. Yeah. Like this. Like should we not like scan her or something to make sure she doesn't have some sort of weapon or nah fuck it. Also, when did she get this? I thought that was like coded specifically to uh Superman somehow. Like it was made when the codec was put into Superman's body. Yeah. So I thought it only had like first of all I thought it only worked for Superman. Okay, so it's like a USB drive that just has Russell Crowe. Yeah, well the 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 deal is like like the crystal in the original Superman movie, this is kind of the surrogate for that because like he's supposed to teach him all about Kryptonian life, even though it's happened like twice now in this movie. Right. Supposed to teach him about his like past and his culture, so they created like an AI version of of Jor El, which is which is kind of what they did uh, in uh, uh, Superman Superman the movie too, like. Uh, is that famous scene with like Marlon Brando's head, floating head? Yeah. Hello, son. And uh, they brought it back for uh, Ret- uh, uh, Superman Returns. Yeah. This is kind of neat. Is Russell Crowe supposed to be funny in these scenes? It kind of plays as funny to me the way he's just like, nope. <laughs> Waves his hand. Nope, fuck that. See, this I kind of like, though, where, like, uh, Jor-El's, like, telling her everything that she needs to do. Really? You like it when the the female character has previously been introduced as strong and independent and this movie gets told what to do by the older man? No, because he's not really a man. He's a computer. Okay. And also, she's a reporter. She's not action lady. So, yeah, that seems legit. <laughs> Just go this way. <laughs> if I were ever designing a maze, <laughs> I would have a bunch of 3D printed Jor-Els. Just, Just like pointing. Just pointing. <laughs> not even like talking to you. Just Just go that way. That's clever. Yeah, stuff like that.
That seemed like an unnecessary snap zoom. The CGI of Earth looks really good in this movie. What exactly did it mean to be human, though? Uh, uh, hiding who you are and never being special. Okay. This is when the friggin' Jesus metaphor is just... He's in a cross pose! Like, ugh. He's in the cross pose and the music is letting you know that it's something special and important. Like, it was never about... Like, why does Jor-El give a shit about the people of Earth? Like, like really, when it comes down to it. Like, it was just supposed to be about him saving his son and, and trying to preserve some of his species. Like, he has no reason to care about anyone on Earth. Yeah, I guess, like, part of the idea might have been that, uh, like... The human species on Earth represents, like, something similar to the uh, ideal Kryptonians that used to, like, the ideal of what Krypton used to be. Like, maybe... Oh, like, they're all individual... They're, uh, they're all individuals, and they free all... Free to make their own choices and that kind of yeah. thing, as opposed to being bred for labor. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe Earth is, like, a, like a on the verge of going down a similar path as... Uh, Krypton did, and he likes the idea of sending his son to a place to sort of uh, prevent that from happening or something. I don't know. Blue fire. That's cool. This is good. I like that you're providing answers to my questions, even though you may or may not have any idea. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, again, this is like... I mean, this is basically just like my like impromptu logic. Just like, maybe that. <laughs> Oh, I fucking love this scene coming up. This is great. Watch this. <laughs> you see what? That, yeah, he just realized that uh, Zod is at his uh, his mom's place. Yeah. Oh, well, because you think they're about to kiss too, and then he's like, "Oh shit, I got other things to do." Yeah. And then when Superman uh, flies up and beats the shit out of Zod, I was like, "That's fucking awesome," because he's like yeah. sh showing concern for a human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like Feyora had figured that out without you, Zod. <laughs> Zod. <laughs> it's unhelpful. Also, you can't use the door? Like, Feyora's just a dick. What if it was, like, suspended from the ceiling or something? You, like, crashed down through it. Although I guess she has x-ray vision, so she could know. Which would totally defeat the purpose of her even jumping in there. Don't they not have x-ray vision, though, unless they breathe Earth's uh, air? Oh, maybe. That's what happens to Zod later when he uh, his helmet breaks. Well, why do they have the strength, then? Like, why can they jump and shit? This is awesome. Oh, 
Now we let the wanton destruction of product placement begin. You know what? I, <laughs> as someone who doesn't give a fuck about Superman, <laughs> I really enjoy these scenes. Because I'm just like, right on. Shit's blowing up. Like, that's the thing that always struck me about Superman was like, if he's really that strong, then him fighting yeah. someone just as strong is probably going to be really fucking violent. Yeah. Um, we don't need to be worried about catching the dialogue. Not anymore. Yeah, see, he's like just oh, experiencing yeah, he's all the same shit. Out. Why are you explaining all this to him? And you could clearly use this as a weapon against him. Well, it's a, it's a fun moment because this is basically exactly what Zod had done to Clark on the ship, right? So this uh, is vengeance. This is a, a this is a fun opportunity for Clark to be like, "Yeah, fuck you," right? <laughs> <laughs> he says it hurts, doesn't it? That's very much like, "Yeah, it fucking hurt when my nose was bleeding on your ship, you dick." Yeah. Again, another sort of like sign of like a young Superman being very vindictive toward his enemy. Yeah, which like like stuff like that I'm not opposed to. Like I'm not opposed to like a young inexperienced Superman, you know, not knowing how to handle Oh, that's a shot like straight out of Superman 2. Well, that's a shot. I just like looking at the scale of the two characters. I'm just thinking like that's Vegeta and Nappa. <laughs> this is Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm watching Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> but like I don't know if you remember that scene in Superman 2 where they're like they have that fight in the middle of the street and there's Zod and Feyor and like the giant Hulk man. It's like Andre the Giant or whatever. It's not actually Andre the Giant, I don't think, but right. Big, dumb, beast, Kryptonian man. I'm so hyped. And it's like, <laughs> see, it's not, it's not even Superman that has a total disregard for human life in this movie. Like, it's kind of just everyone. Like, the army. I mean, like, they are up against fucking aliens. Like, there is... Yeah, no, but they're opening fire in the middle of, like, a populated town. Like, sure, it's Smallville, but... Oh, big stupid man gets shot. Well, they're, like, operating from a place where, like... Uh, like, a bunch Limited of... Limited casualties, like that kind of thing? Well, a bunch of silos just got destroyed, and the Seven Eleven fucking blew up. They're operating from a place where they already... They think the Kryptonians have already begun an assault. So they're kind of just, like trying to neutralize the threat as quickly as possible. I'm pretty sure Nappa did exactly that in an episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I'm so... I'm just thinking about Dragon Ball Z now. They are just being like, I don't give a fuck. That's awesome. Nice. See, see, like, yeah, stuff like that's great. Now we destroy the other corporate sponsor of the movie. I love this. Oh, hey. Hey, bud. Hey, what are you, oh shit! <laughs> I didn't. Uh, didn't you once accuse me of saving you from a bus? I remember uh, the scene coming up after this, where she like, I think she like kicks him into a bank, and then he's leaning against the bank vault wall. Yeah, that was like the first released uh, photo of Superman. Yeah, and it was the only photo for like a year. Yeah, and we're like, holy shit, it's like a pissed off Superman. 
Yeah, it was, right it, was it was something like this. And I remember because I would like, yeah, something like that moment. It was like him standing right in front of the crushed vault and there was yeah. like sparks and stuff. And I was, uh, I remember like checking the Wikipedia page over and over again, like, you know, once a week basically just to see like, is there any new footage or like photos from Man of Steel? And there never were until like all of a sudden the trailer dropped. Yeah, that's like what I'm doing right now with Rogue One. Where I'm like, <laughs> I was like, guys, like we're nine months away. Like, give me like something other than that one photo. You know what? It's gonna be in May. Oh, I know it's gonna just explode. It's gonna be attached to Civil War in May. Calling it. If it doesn't, if it doesn't come out this Friday, with Batman vs Superman, then yeah, it's gonna be Civil War in May. Or they're just waiting till after The Force Awakens comes out on Blu-ray. You know what, though? There might be enough footage uh, shot for uh, episode 8 uh, by December of twenty seven or 2016 that there could be like a teaser trailer for episode 8 attached to Rogue One. Well, that's kind of... We got the teaser trailer for uh, Force Awakens like uh, a year, a year 13, out. 13 months in advance. So, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Anyways, back to Superman. Yeah, uh, what, what's going <laughs> on? So they're kind of just... Uh, I mean, this is basically just like playtime for like a filmmaker. Yeah, U-Haul. Like, <laughs> that's ironic. Oh, this is like the one scene where Superman saves somebody. He's saved a bunch of people throughout the movie. <laughs> no, I know, but like once the alien attack happens. Right. Then Nappa comes in, punches him away. I love the way Feyre, or I don't know the actress's name, but yeah. I love the way she plays these moments fighting the humans as like, almost like just like, uh, just like amused. Yeah. Like this shit. Yeah, she's just standing there letting them shoot her. Very much just kind of like gathering intel about what exactly they're capable of. I I really like the looks of their armor and their helmets too. Their, their helmets when they're closed kind of remind me of um, Alien, or Prometheus, like the oh the uh, the engineer. Yeah, the engineers from Prometheus. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a very interesting way to be like evocative of uh, you know the skull imagery of death. Yeah. While still seeming like uh, it like some sort of respirator. Yeah, uh, but even when it's open like that, like that kind of uh, CGI clear force field bit. Yeah, I like that too. That's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with like the design of these warriors. I think it would be funny if uh the first uh like photo of a Kryptonian besides uh Kal-El had been something like the big Hulk guy fighting Superman cuz then a bunch of people online would have been like, "Oh my god, is that Zod? He looks so dumb." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he saved another guy. I don't know where people are getting all this. He didn't save anyone shit. Uh, I'll bring it up later. <laughs> what happens later? Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 What did she say? For every million you save, we'll kill a million more? For every human you save, we'll oh, kill a million more. for every human you save, we'll kill a million more. That's, That's awesome. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
dropping a train on him. This movie just went off the rails. Third pun. Oh. Oh. Because the train. Okay, see, that's a bit excessive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a plane carrying a lot of missiles, so. I mean, yeah. No, it's still excessive. So is she, is she dead? I can't remember. Does she come back later? Uh, yeah, she gets uh, hang out on the ship. She gets she gets uh blown up when the ship explodes into the negative zone or whatever, the phantom zone. Oh right. So this she'll, she'll be back for the sequel. This shot coming up uh concluded the second trailer for this movie where uh, Superman's boot comes into frame, and uh, with the army guys in the background. This shot was the ending of the second trailer. What do you think, Superman? Asking Lois. My father believed that if the world found out who I really was, you know, they wouldn't trust me or whatever. He says, what do you think? And then this moment was shown in the trailer, and it was awesome. Why do you know this stuff? Because I watched it so many <laughs> fucking times. Uh, so now he's got, like, in the new Superman, Batman v Superman movie, he's got, like, his own soldiers? Uh, I'm pretty sure that was, I don't know, have you been, like, looking up these kind of things? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's from the uh, dream sequence that Batman has. Oh, that's the dream sequence with him yeah. in the desert. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's uh, getting like, getting it, unmasked. Yeah, they call it Nightmare Batman with a K, which is really dumb. Oh, but, that's terrible. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's uh, from Batman's dream sequence, and that's I don't know where in the plot fourth sponsor. That <laughs> I don't know where in the plot that happens, but uh, that's I'm pretty sure that's what that is. So how uh are you looking forward to Batman v Superman? Yeah, I mean my feeling has always kind of been like uh it'll look really good and yeah. it will be really fun to watch. I will not be bored ever while watching it, but I'm I feel like the script is going to be a total fucking mess. That yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. Like I feel like it'll be a really fucking good fun, uh, exciting prequel to Justice League. I am very, very cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Like and the, then even not that optimistic. Yeah, I mean, you know, the moments where I actually expect to be the most bored in Dawn of Justice are, like, fighting like doomsday yeah that when they all team up at the end when they all team up at the end and it's just cgi uh people punching other cgi people like that's where i expect to be like okay well you know whatever like what i'm really looking forward to is like the dialogue between superman and batman i hope it's good but i'm not that optimistic yeah i'm looking forward to them like trying to explain uh like what batman's past was like because he's the older Batman in this one. They're really inspired by The Dark Knight Returns. Okay, so this is like the fourth explanation of the plot of this movie. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, but you were saying uh, about uh, Batman's origin and Dawn of Justice? Well, he's like an older Batman that's like coming out of retirement, kind of. Yeah, it's very... Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's retired, but like in, in Dark Knight Returns, he's returning. Like, he he was an older Batman. He comes out of retirement. I think, uh, like, Zack Snyder's talked about how that's a big influence on 
Dawn of Justice. On, uh, Dawn of Justice and on Batman in particular, that graphic novel was a, a big influence because like in that in that story, Batman and Superman actually do fight at one point. Yeah, well, I mean, like uh, a big part of the Dark Knight Returns was uh, Bruce Wayne looking for his good death or his uh, ideal death. Exactly. Yeah. He says like you know this would be a good death but not good enough. So it's possible that Batman's uh, sort of become like. Like, I'm pretty sure at least one Robin has died in yeah, that universe. I think so we see the the, jo- the suit that the Joker, like, the joke's on you. Yeah, and so I think uh, the, I think one Robin has died, and he's been sort of disillusioned with his uh, work. He has that line, uh, 20 years in Gotham, how many good people are left, how many stayed that way? And I think he's referring to maybe, like, Two-Face or something, and, yeah. uh, like... I feel like when Superman appears and he's this great big threat and he's destroyed a bunch of Metropolis, he sort of sees Superman as possibly the guy who's going to give him his good death. And, uh, like, maybe subconsciously. Like, if you look at Zack Snyder's career, he did that really well in uh, 300. Yeah, that's true. Gerard Butler as Leonidas in 300 is, like, a big part of the characters in that movie is just, like, looking for a worthy opponent. Yeah. And so I think, uh, like, logically, Batman's justification is going to be like, this guy's dangerous, I need to get him in check or destroy him. But I feel like part of it might be kind of like, if this guy can defeat me, then he should. And uh, I think that with the arrival of Doomsday and potentially the threat of Darkseid hinting at the Justice League movie, uh, it actually has the inverse effect, and uh, Superman's presence on Earth actually uh, reinvigorates Batman into uh, fighting, fighting crime. Right. So, and that's kind of like the germ of their friendship is that Superman's presence at first seemed like it might have been the death of uh, Batman, instead breathes new life into his sort of uh, journey. Okay, so now they've turned the world engine on. And now, just like a ridiculous amount of ridiculous violence is about to happen to innocent human beings. Yeah, this is kind of intense. Like people like being just like picked up and then smashed into the ground by gravity. Okay, so this guy's here just to explain what the world engine does. Yeah, that's his that's his role. Which I mean, you know, thank you, guy. Yeah, good job. You could just say that we all die. You don't have to be cryptic about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in, in the superhero movies now. They have to like, uh, dress like, like like point out how stupid their names are. There was a lot of that in Ant Man, like more than there should have been. There was more in the trailer actually. I don't think it made it into the like the. Is it too late to change the name? I don't think that made it into the actual final movie. Yeah, I can't remember. It's either that right. one or the the one that isn't in there for sure. Is the wasn't my idea. Yeah, I'm Ant Man. Ant Man. Wasn't my idea. 
Well, that, that one for sure isn't in the movie. I just watched it not that long ago. I can't remember if the is it too late to change the name is in there or not. Well, the fun the fun thing about the line about uh, you know, it wasn't my idea. That could even be about like just the idea of being a superhero. Yeah. Like, yeah, wasn't my idea because he was like recruited by Michael Douglas. Yeah, but they really played that off in the trailer. They they did that a lot in the Ant Man trailer. <laughs> yeah, the trailer is stupid. The trailers were tr- kind of trying to say, like, like yeah, like, we know, but it's fucking Marvel, so just see it. It's like, we know, but we don't have the Fantastic Four or the X Men, so you get Ant Man and you like it, okay? You will like it more <laughs> than Fantastic Four. Which, to be fair, well, I didn't see Fantastic Four, but I'm assuming that if I did, I would prefer Ant Man. Yeah, I mean, because my God, that movie looks awful. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched a bunch of it, and it's uh, really weird. It's the kind of movie where I was like watching it, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't bad enough to be entertaining, so I was like skipping through it. <laughs> and uh, I watched like the entire ending and stuff, and it's basically just a two-act movie, which is really bizarre. It's a, it's yeah, it's the kind of movie where like you really. It's hard to tell exactly what the script looked like. Well, apparently now, thanks to Deadpool, now there's going to be another Fantastic Four reboot that's going to be R-rated. For real? For real. Wow. That's well, what I heard. That's a that's a bad idea. Well, apparently that's kind of what Josh Trank sort of wanted to do. He wanted to do like a weird body horror movie. Fuck. And then they're like, nope, you need to make a stupid movie instead. We spend a lot of time talking about other movies other than the one that we're watching. Yeah, we're like coming up <laughs> on the big fucking climax of this movie. Let's let's get into it. Oh yeah. Okay, okay here he comes. So he's trying to get it adapted to. He's about to kill Jor-El. Atmosphere. He's gonna kill Jor-El. He's gonna kill Jor-El's um, USB. Oh, gotcha. He says, uh, you know, are you programmed to feel pain or something? And he's Jor-El's like, uh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill your fucking son. And then Jor-El's <laughs> like, wait, don't. And then he deletes him. Spoilers. Oh, so that hasn't happened yet. No, that's about to happen. Okay, cool. It's going to be really funny. Just watch. I fucking love Michael Shannon so much. So that, I, apparently I can't fucking pronounce anything, though. This is, this it's is kind of awesome that he even agreed to do this movie, though. Like, he's so good. Yeah, he brings a lot of life to what otherwise would have been a really boring villain. Yeah, I mean, especially if you look at who played him before, was it like Terrence Stamp? Yeah, I think so. He was like a really no, it was. And he was like a really like he's another one of those actors that really likes to chew the scenery when given the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was good. Uh, what the hell is this thing? I heard Kevin Smith say that he thought this might have been an homage to like the spider in his script. <laughs> if so, that'd be amazing. Do we know if John Peters was involved at all? I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure if he's still attached to like Warner Brothers at the time of this movie. Yeah, I have no idea. I feel like uh, if he was, Christopher Nolan would have been the more powerful uh, producing voice. Like if like if John Peters suggested something yeah. and Chris Nolan didn't like it, Chris Nolan would have been like, "No." I always forget that Chris Nolan was involved in this. Well, it's super weird. I feel like he was involved like just in, at like this early script stage. Yeah, he's credited with story, um, and I thought Jonathan Nolan was attached to this too, but he's not actually. 
Uh, David S. Goyer is the sole writer. Well, that explains and a lot. Him and Nolan have the the story credit. And I don't remember any of this fight with the weird, like... Yeah, I forgot about that, too. Uh, tentacle thing. I remember this shit not working, like the weird gravity getting thrown off around the... See, like, again, with the thing about influences, this just feels like Independence Day. Yeah. When they have the failed attempt to bring down the motherships. And then this is just, like, the uh, the Avengers on steroids. Like, just blown out of proportion. Which, I mean, I like, again, I always kind of felt like if Superman is so powerful, then the consequences should be really huge. Like, the idea that there could be any Superman movie where, like... John Peters is an executive producer. Nice. But... There you go. Yeah, like, if you're going to have a Superman movie, like, the stakes should be incredibly huge. And with that in mind, I think, like, yeah, there should be pretty fucking huge consequences. But again, I'm also the guy who likes uh, Dragon Ball Z, and there's a there's an episode of Dragon Ball Z where Majin Buu kills literally everyone on the planet. So that's dark. Yeah, that's dark for an after school cartoon. It was Saturday morning, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, wh- what? No, I remember watching it Saturday or er, afternoons uh, after school after Pokemon. Okay. Well, I didn't have cable. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Good for you. Uh, no. Um. I just think it's dumb that Superman's on the other side of the world punching a giant squid robot instead of being in su- in Metropolis Well, trying that, to help. Yeah, that feels like one of those things. I was going to say, first of all, teal and orange, but... Oh, yeah. Wait, this is that moment I was talking about. Oh no. Do you think that eliminates the chances of Russell Crowe ever showing up in a sequel? Uh, I mean like the thing with uh the thing with convenient plot devices is that you can make up convenient plot devices to solve your convenient plot device if you got rid of your convenient plot device. So Sure. If you say like this has my essence in it, my entire life force, then you can also just say, you know, and every machine I hooked it into also does. Yeah. So the Fortress of Solitude could still have like he just, a, he's just loaded into the mainframe. Yeah. And, yeah. And also like every world that the Kryptonian ships have been to, like you know you can yeah. you can make up any excuse for him to come back if you want to. See, yeah, no, this is just the thing that bugs me is like, why is he here? I don't care. Perry White and like all these other people are being just obliterated. The city of of metropolis is being reduced to ashes that character is uh jenna olsen or uh like a a gender swap of jimmy olsen right i think it might be like a sister because i think they're bringing jimmy olsen into the next one. Oh, okay this is like a sister or cousin but i didn't even know that that was her name until right now well i mean it, it might not be I'm oh okay just, i'm just i think it is um so we don't even know so like why should we care the fact that it was that's uh, another thing is like who is she? I don't know. I don't care. Was well, she in other scenes in the movie? It is kind of shamelessly uh, evocative of uh, 9-11 imagery. Oh, it totally is. 
Like even more so. Like why not put Lois Lane trap down there so that like you know we care about anything that's happening? Because like right now I don't care. Like Superman is punching a giant robot or trying to punch a giant robot. Right now he's just kind of like pumping his fist to a, a beat or something like that. Yeah, and these I think people are getting effed up trying to like pull her out of some concrete. But like I don't like I have no idea who she is, and I, I'm like I'm supposed to give a shit, but I don't. I'm surprised this isn't a gif. Actually, it might be. I should try to find that later. His face rippling? Yeah. It would be a good gif for, like, when someone says something really fucking stupid. <laughs> you just send them that gif. Just, fuck. There's so many good gifs in here. See, like, uh, any... This... Here's the most frustrating thing about trying to defend this movie. Any uh, excuse that I come up with, I think of an alternative. <laughs> like, I think, uh, you know, well, you know, he couldn't be saving people in Metropolis because he had to deal with this thing first. But then I think the only reason he had to deal with that thing first is because they decided there would be two. Yeah. They could just decide could, it was one he machine. He could just have one machine, and he could be in Metropolis trying to deal with it. Yeah. He could be, like, the only one that's able to make it through the force field or whatever. Like, all the jets get destroyed, and then he has to go in and, and uh, save it. Yeah. Or maybe they wanted to have this moment specifically, and so they needed, like, a first problem and then a second problem. And the second problem is the uh, Metropolis problem, and this is, like... Like, they wanted this moment of the sun recharging him, but they couldn't have that in Metropolis because it was too late in the plot. So they needed a uh, first, uh, I mean, you know, they have that all the time in action movies where there's, like, the layers of antagonists. There's, like, the muscle head antagonist, but then there's also, like, the intellectual antagonist. So maybe Zod is, like, the intellectual antagonist and the world engine thing is the muscle head antagonist. The one that, like, requires strength and the one that requires <laughs> skill. That's what she said. Sorry, there's a... I know. <laughs> there's a joke in there. Pretty sure, like, Honest Trailers or something did that, too. Did they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're not special. Honest Trailers is starting to run out of bad movies to do trailers for. They've started to do, like, some good movies. Like, didn't they do The Wizard of Oz a while ago? Or something like that? Yeah. It's, uh... Like, it's kind of funny to, like... Wow. Does he? He's on a different ship that wasn't the ship that was the. War okay. He. Oh, right. He's on the Fortress of Solitude. So is there no Fortress of Solitude? So he's going to F up on? the Fortress of Solitude? Oh, yeah. I remember this moment. He's like. Krypton had its chance, which is a really fucked up genocidal thing to say. Jesus. I mean, I guess if it comes down to saving Krypton or saving Earth, it makes sense like, to, like... Yeah, Krypton was already destroyed. Yeah. Okay, so that's not that egregious, but this well, kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's three buildings that just got cut in half. Three of the very few remaining buildings...
Well, that wasn't very fucking complicated. No. <laughs> uh, Wilhelm scream, nice. I understand why Joss Whedon doesn't like Wilhelm screams in his movies. They do take you out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Joss Whedon actually like actively takes them out when the sound designer tries to put them in? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. They also tried to put R two D two on the uh, 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 what's it called? The uh, helicarrier in the Avengers, in uh. VFX or something. They oh, tried like in the background or something? Yeah, they tried to put like a little R2-D2 like diagram or something in one of the uh, charts oh, okay. on one of those like screens. Sure. And he was like, no, take it out. That's dumb. Kind of like R2-D2 and C-3PO being on the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. yeah. Well, they were on the wall in the background. Yeah. That doesn't really make sense for uh, yeah. R2-D2 to be in the Avengers... It would be like they should do like a Firefly reference or something. Yeah. Now this is just. Oh right, this is they get sucked into the the negative zone. Yeah, and uh, Lois Lane just conveniently fell out, but no one else did. All the other guys on that ship died. Well, they really need to make it clear that he is the last Kryptonian until they decide to do Supergirl. Yeah. Now, how come he's being affected and she's not? Like, she looks fine. I think it's a Kryptonian thing. Is, okay. Such a convenient excuse. You can just say that with all the problems in this movie. It's a Krypton. It's thing. just because he's from Krypton. It's a courtesy thing. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't understand unless you're from Krypton. Now begins my favorite section of the movie. The demo reel for the inevitable Dragon Ball Z movie. I swear to God. Someone has to make a good Dragon Ball Z movie eventually, and it might have to be me. It might have to be, because apparently I'm the only one who fucking cares. <laughs> okay, I really should. We really should be talking more about Superman than all this other shit. I guess. Like, do we care about this? Well, I do. Though? It's uh, yeah. fucking uh, got Zod holding. No, but I mean this right now. Oh, th them kissing. Yeah. No, I don't give a fuck. No. Oh, I think I see Zod. Now I care. That's that such a terrible line, too. The, you know, say it's all downhill after the first kiss. Well, I think that only applies to humans. Ugh. Ugh. You're right. You can use that as an excuse for anything. It's a Kryptonian thing. I love that Superman, like, I'm not being sarcastic. I love that Superman, uh, ha like, he's expressing genuine, like, empathy for Zod before Zod attacks him. Yeah. There's a moment where he, like, genuinely pities this guy. Because he does only have one purpose. It's true. I just... Like, it's coming up. We're going to cut to the reverse shot on uh, Superman, and you can see it in his eyes. He's genuinely trying to, like, you know... Here we go. 
There we go. Yeah. My soul, that's what you've taken from me. I just can't get past how, like, fucked everything is. <laughs> Around them? Yeah. Like, like this so looks like shit out of, like, the Book of Eli or something like that. Like, one of those, like, post-apocalyptic, like, or, like, Fallout 4. Like, when you go into the middle of the city and everything's just been nuked. Like, Ser- it's okay. so fucked. Ignoring that, though, that, like, I'm, I remember being in the theater being so fucking hyped for this moment. Like, this is the kind of shit that I was always like, well, like, if you're going to do a Superman movie, like, you got to have a scene like this where they're just fucking smacking into each other and tossing each other across cities. Yeah. See, like, this kind of stuff I don't care about because these buildings have all been destroyed. But there's yeah. some scenes coming up that I take real problems with. Yeah, you you say that there's a parking garage full of people and that Superman lets a LexCorp. Oh, uh, you'll see truck. it. See, in previous times that I've watched this scene, I have never noticed that there's people... I know there's people outside of the parking garage, but I've never noticed people inside of it. Some people can't stand those kind of uh, disorienting shots like that, but I don't find them. I think they're cool. Yeah, I think they're neat. It might be a thing of our generation, like, being able to keep up with stuff like that. See, I don't see any people inside. I know those guys are on the street. You can see the bus loop in the background. They're on the street. I haven't seen any people inside. And then here's the truck. Yeah, see, I haven't, like, seen any indication that there's people inside that parking garage. We saw people outside of it. And they're in the background there. Yeah, well, why would he just dodge it, though? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, if he knew that... Like, maybe he was worried... Because Zod's just shown him that he can use uh, heat vision, so maybe he thought Zod was going to wait for him to catch it and then shoot it with heat vision, and it would blow up on top of him, and he was like, nope. That kind of logic doesn't matter. (laughs) The logic of the movie is that Superman needs to save people and not just allow the entire city of Metropolis to be destroyed due to his battle with Zod. Well, the way to save like, people now, is now, by defeating Zod. Yeah, okay, but now all this rubble is going to rain down on all those people on the streets and, like, kill hundreds of people. You know, like, it's just... I don't know where you're getting that figure from. Like, you saw people run away when Zod first landed on the street near the truck. Like, people were already getting out of In their way. In that scene, you can see people running on the streets down below. Yeah, around like, the corner. Kate, does not matter. The the building is fucking exploding. And Superman doesn't do anything about it. The building's not exploding. The fucking windows shattered and are falling straight down. And there's there's nothing to suggest that there were people directly underneath that falling glass. It does not matter. What we need to see is we need to see Superman actively trying to save everyone. All that Superman is actively trying to do is defeat General Zod. The only way to save everyone is by defeating General Zod. Because even if he saves, like, I mean, Look, audiences it. are stupid. You need to show them exactly what there's, like, exactly what you want them to see. So when you show me uh, General Zod and Superman just flying through buildings, punching each other, blowing shit up, like, w- with human beings all around them or below them or whatever, I see that Superman doesn't give a shit about those people. Whereas what he should be doing is trying to get Zod away from everyone 
and trying to stop Zod from doing anything that would, could cause people harm. That is the biggest problem with this movie. Well, I feel like, uh, I mean, if you look at what Superman's been going through this movie, he has been experiencing, like, you know, he saw one guy falling out of a helicopter and paused to help him, and during that sequence, Feora took advantage of that to go and kill a bunch of soldiers on the ground and then said to his face, for every one that you save, we'll kill a million more, very explicitly implying, you need to deal with us because while you're off trying to save a couple of people, we're causing way more destruction. And so previous battle scenes in this movie have set up that he needs to deal with the source of the threat, which is the Kryptonian. And now he's doing that. And it, yeah, it's big. And the music is telling you that it's big. But that's like the arc of the movie is like he has to solve the source of the problem, which is Zod. So yeah, he could fly around and move a couple of people. And that would be like in keeping with the earlier scenes of the movie. But the whole point of those earlier scenes was pointing out that he's not up against, like, a thug with a gun. He's up against a god. Yeah. Well, but he needs to make a choice. And this moment, I'm not going to try to defend. This is really dumb. Yeah. Who are these people? Like, it is dumb that he's just suddenly caring about these four. And also that Zod can't move his eyeballs at all. Yeah, see, this is... This has no weight to me because we just saw this incredibly destructive battle where, like, you know, so many people were killed, like, before the battle and then during the battle. Uh, you know, I mean, you don't see it directly happen, but you can assume that it happens. Yeah, I could see, like, maybe... Maybe if there was some sort of bomb that was, like, laced throughout the entire city and Zod was trying to use his eyes to, like, activate the bomb by, like, detonating it. But, like, the idea that he's just suddenly like, no, not those four in particular, is kind of silly. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's weak. It's 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 just a little weak, that's all. I There's a lot of this movie that I like, you know? Like, we talked about it early on. Like, there's some really great stuff in this movie. And then, uh, I just, I kind of don't care at the end. It's a pretty messy movie. It's a like I can see what they're going for in yeah. some places, but then there's other places where I'm just like, "What the fuck was the logic?" But there, it, like, it's a movie that I really want to like. Like, I really want to like it so badly, but there's just enough in there that stops me from going. Oh yeah, no, and, and then like this. This is like a comedic beat, like thirty seconds after a tragic one. Yeah. It's uh, kind of jarring. Although, granted, like the Marvel movies do that. It was. Good one, Superman. I like how he just kind of like threatens an American army general in this scene. I like how there's only uh, the two soldiers. And then there's like a joke here with, I don't know, what, am I remembering correctly? 
Yeah. But that's that's just like like uh. like that's like a Thor two joke. Yeah. That's like uh that that sidekick girl from the Thor movies. Oh, Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings. That's like nothing, sir. I just think he's kind of hot. That's just like a Cat Dennings line. From yeah. Thor. You know, for a crazy homeless guy, he is pretty cut. Yeah. I really like this scene, and I wish that they had done a better job of Jonathan Kent, because this scene is really sweet. Except for the fact of who the fuck is he emulating. Like, if he's the first person to wear a cape like that, who the fuck is he? Like, Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I really want to just be like, oh... Well, because it's not even like putting on the cape was his idea, because we saw the cape attached to the costume in the Kryptonian spaceship before. Yeah. And it would be like, like, again, this this idea of like his father always knew that there was greatness in him is totally at odds with the whole like, get in the fucking house and shut up kind of yeah. vibe. Well, this is one of those moments you were talking about like two scenes earlier where it's like, there's so much great stuff in this movie, but then there's also just so many scenes where you're like, what the fuck is the logic behind this? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, this is that scene. I remember uh, there was a news report in uh, 2012, I think, where there was, uh, or 2011, there were set photographs of uh, uh, this Henry Cavill uh, riding a bike in the street, and yeah. and people were like, is he homeless in this movie? Because <laughs> <laughs> the only people that ride bikes are homeless people. And it was before he had like the glasses on, so people thought it was like concurrent with the nomadic first act of the movie. And uh, there, yeah, there was this news report like, is Superman homeless in the new Man of Steel movie? I remember thinking that was pretty funny. Doug Everyone's fine and having a great time, even though they were almost annihilated by an alien invasion. Yeah, how like, I don't like set up how long and how much time has passed exactly. interesting to think that like all of the oh god damn it <laughs> there's that line and li- and like i was saying Welcome earlier like, the plane. like right. you like you know that this is the last scene so you're just kind of like all right end on a joke fuck it <laughs> but that's that like that i'm totally fine with because it it totally establishes like she knows who he <laughs> like she knows who he is she's not a complete moron yeah. So if there's one thing that this movie contributes to the DC cinematic universe, if it's that um Lois Lane is not an idiot, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's pretty good. But uh But yeah, like overall I don't I don't hate this movie. Like I there was some stuff in here I really enjoy. Like the first two thirds I think I really do. I just I I have a, a <laughs> bit of a executive <laughs> Peter uh, John Peters, yeah, executive producer. Yeah. Uh, it's just the last third. I I take issue with some stuff in there, and that unfortunately sours my ex- my viewing experience of the movie. But yeah, I mean, like, I'm really starting from a place of like I don't give a fuck about Superman, so they can basically do whatever they want. And uh, with that in mind, uh, I always enjoy this movie, but uh, I vary on uh, whether or not, like, if someone says like, 
you know, oh, what did you watch tonight? And like, oh, I watched Man of Steel. They say, oh, is it good? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Fuck you know, it. I mean, like taking out the stuff at the beginning and every redundant scene uh, after that. Yeah. No, there's some good stuff. Michael Shannon is great. Yep. I fucking love Michael Shannon. Even Kevin Costner isn't bad. It's just they gave his character nothing to do. I wonder if you could just like delete like those three flashback Kevin Costner scenes and pretend that he was a good father <laughs> and the movie would be like way better. <laughs> yeah. I let Zero. Was that the uh, Feora? Sure. Maybe. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. And then all these people. Yeah, Harry Lennox, I think, was the uh, actor who uh, read the uh, Dark Knight Returns quote at the Comic-Con panel where they announced the title. Oh, okay. And there were cool. pe- there were people in attendance who like recognized the quote, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts with, like, I want you to remember Clark. And I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Nice. Oh, so you're looking forward to Batman v Superman? Yeah, I think it'll be really fun. I think I'll have a good time in theaters, but I again, I don't think that I think the script will be a mess, but I think I will enjoy myself. Yeah, I I think I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm going to see it. I wasn't going to for a while, and then I, I came back around on it. But I think I will. I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to read reviews in advance though. Or watch reviews or anything like that. Or like, or like look at the Rotten Tomatoes score or something. Yeah, because part of what soured my experience of this movie going into it was listening to my friend uh, just talk about how much he hated the movie. Right. And, and like coming up with all these reasons for why he disliked it. And then also watching um, the Red Letter Media. Yeah, you should uh, never never watch the Red Letter Media review first. No, they don't like anything anymore. They're so bitter about everything except Mad Max. They like Mad they Max. Like Mad Ma- Actually, they liked a lot of stuff. They like Deadpool, and they like. Uh, I think they they really like Ten Cloverfield Lane. Really, I haven't watched yeah. uh, that review yet. I skipped the spoiler section of it, but it seemed like they really liked it. Anyway, those guys yeah. are really fucking unreliable with spoiler stuff. Sometimes, if they don't like a movie, they'll just begin the review with a spoiler yeah. and then say spoilers. Yeah. Like their fucking review of uh, Sinister. Sinister. Yeah. 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 yeah, They're kind of dicks. But what are you going to do? It's their shtick. Their shtick is that they're assholes. And I don't think they care. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying about how. uh, Oh, yeah. So it kind of soured my my experience of watching this movie for the first time. And then like when I went and saw it the second time, I was kind of like, well, you actually, you know what? Like there is some good stuff in there, and then I started to form my own opinions of it. So I think I might leave the reviews, put the reviews aside, and just kind of go in, not knowing what people think about it, whether it's you know good or bad or whatever, and just sort of try and form my own opinion of it. Yeah, that'll probably be for the best. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've already said pretty much all I have to. I mean, I've heard that there's. I've heard a rumor that there's a shot in the movie that features the entire assembled Justice League. Oh. And uh, I don't know if that rumor is true. Well, no, because I don't think they've cast uh, Green Lantern. Uh, Have they cast The Flash? Yeah, they've cast The Flash. It's Ezra Miller. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think they cast Cyborg, too, but I can't remember if that was true. Uh, they definitely haven't cast Green Lantern. 
No, I think uh, I think I actually read a statement. I don't even know which Green Lantern they're they're doing. Well, the the movie that they're doing is uh, tentatively titled Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, which seems to imply that it's going to be like a multiple pat- Green Lanterns. Yeah, yeah, it might it might be like Hal Jordan recruiting uh, John John Stewart, John Stewart and, and Guy Gardner and stuff like that. Yeah, which uh, I mean, you Whatever. know, as long as they put Kilowog in it. Yeah, I think uh, I heard a statement recently where one of the heads of uh, production or something at Warner Brothers was saying like. You know what? We'll take our time with Green Lantern. Try to get it right this time, and uh, oh, good. That's yeah. that's a really nice thing to hear. But it makes me think, like, wait. So is he not going to be in Justice League Part One or Two? They might they might introduce him, you know, later on in one in either Part One or in Part Two or something like that. Like, yeah, it's interesting that they're calling it Parts One and Two. It makes me wonder, like, are they standalone movies or like is there one plot across two? interesting yeah I, I don't know do you remember those rumors when they were saying that they might have split batman versus superman into two yeah and like it was going to be coming out like july 2015 or something like that they were going to be dropping part one of batman versus superman yeah they were going to call it like uh part one enter the night and then night with a k yeah and then uh part two was going to be dawn of justice dawn of justice yeah which uh i'm glad they didn't do that me too because uh, it'll be interesting, though, to watch the movie and try to guess, like, I wonder what the split might have been. This, you know what? The split might have been uh, the arrival of uh, Doomsday. Doomsday. And then the last shot of Enter the Night would have been uh, that last shot from that one trailer, the third trailer. I thought she was with you. That one? Yeah. Da-da-da! <laughs> <laughs> that's that's such a comedy beat. I laughed so hard when the that trailer, when the like the Jew or the March twenty fifth or whatever thing came up. Da, da, da. Like da, 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 da. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, uh the movie's over, and if you're still listening to this, then that's uh Cool. Cool. Yeah. There it is, is cool. I was gonna say that's weird, but you know what? No, that's cool. Yeah, there is no post credit scene of this movie. So Oh yeah, that was one thing I was gonna ask actually, because I never stuck around long enough to to find out you know i don't really care it's funny marvel had been doing their thing for about five years by the time this movie came out and uh so at at this point in the theater there's like 50 people left in the theater including me just like staring at the screen yeah and they hadn't like really fully 100 percent committed to the uh universe plan yet sure so they hadn't like shot anything and uh we were all just sitting here, and then there was no post-credit scene, and you could feel the vibe in the theater was like, "What? Oh, that's weird. Really? That's like apparently we were supposed to get a Rogue One teaser at the end of Force Awakens. Yeah, I and heard. then JJ came out and said that that wasn't happening. Um, but yeah, I still we still stuck around in the theater. So many people stuck around and waited till the end. Yeah, I really. Uh, that would have been weird, I think, having... Yeah, cause I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. The Force Awakens is all about the future. It would have been weird to have a teaser for a movie that's, like, so ingrained in the past. Yeah. They're going to have to do some crazy marketing to try and, like, n- unconfuse the the normies that go see... Because, like, you and I know what Rogue One is about because we yeah. keep up with movie news and we're fans of the properties and stuff, so we know, like, oh, they're doing you know episode movies and then they're also doing spin-off movies that can take place wherever they want and this rogue one is a spin-off but like you know joe lunchpail going to see 
you know, Rogue One has no idea. He's like, is this is this the next one from that last one? Where's that girl that was in it? Is that her? Yeah. You know, so they're going to have to do some crazy marketing on that. What? Darth Vader's back? <laughs> oh, Darth Vader's going to drive the marketing of this movie, yeah. dude. It's going to be like Revenge of the Sith on steroids. You know what? Uh, the biggest question for me, though, is uh, will... Because people thought that... Okay, let me phrase this. Uh, will uh, Darth Vader be in the uh, first teaser for Rogue One or the second He's gonna be right at the end. Right, at the you're, end. you're you're either he's gonna you're gonna be right at the end, or you're gonna hear his breathing at the very end. You might not see him, but you might like see a scene that he's in, like someone's reaction to seeing Darth Vader, and then you'll hear the yeah thing. the sound effect. Anyways, the movie's over now, so everyone go home. I think we should uh, <laughs> Peter's Entertainment. Peter's Entertainment. <laughs> oh, he used to be a hairdresser. Anyways, um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should probably call it uh, on this. Uh, on this commentary thanks for sticking around and watching it with us even though we've technically gone longer than the movie now so yeah um yeah i think uh, that's all i gotta say so uh, we'll we'll hopefully do more of these uh as uh, when it's appropriate to yeah we've got a we've got a plan where in preparation for uh marvel's uh Captain America Civil War, we're going to uh, watch every single Marvel movie leading up to Civil War. Back to back. And do a commentary throughout. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to ruin ruin both of our lives. Yeah, so look forward to that, and uh, we'll see you later, I guess. Bye. Bye. Bye.